My beard looks nice. That's all I care about. Yeah, qual- yeah I mean, you can- are you really a dad if you don't have a beard? I mean, I guess so. <laughs> I, I've met dads without beards or dads with bad beards, but ugh. I mean, it helps. It helps. You, you seem more wise and able to impart wisdom on the uh, exactly like the, uh, the the future generation if you have a beard. More people are, I think, are willing to listen if you have a beard. Exactly. It, it's it's why I started growing mine out, and uh, you know, you give it some length. Uh, it's why I've started using some uh, product in it. I need to start doing that. I really need to start doing that. Dude, it's, it's, it, it, I, I feel like it's necessary. My beard is like super soft now. I, and Caitlin likes that. So that's, <laughs> I have been totally just haggard. Well, Caitlin was against me growing it out for the longest time because whenever my beard started getting long, it started getting really scratchy. Yeah. So, uh, she bought me beard oil once and I started using it when I started getting long and it, my beard got softer and she was no longer against me growing it out. Like it's down to a point where I actually use a beard straightener. I need to, I want one of those so bad because when this gets Dude, long, 20 bucks, crap. 20 bucks on Amazon. Nice. So I, I found one and it worked. It's, it, it's actually like a comb. So you just kind of like rake it against your beard and it straightens it out pretty decent. Totally. So and it's got like some type of uh, coating on it, so it doesn't burn your skin. To- I'm totally not man crushing on your beard. <laughs> no, that's okay. You can. Good afternoon or good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this. And welcome to Go Ask Your Father, the podcast for dads, by dads, and about dads. Before we go any further, let me take a moment and say happy 4th of July to everyone listening. Be safe, be smart, and enjoy your holiday weekend. As always, you can find the show on Facebook and Instagram at Go Ask Your Father Podcast. There you can get your daily dad joke, find random memes and stories, and best of all, find out where you can find the show. You can also reach the show at goaskyourfather4 at gmail.com. This week on Dad News, I have only one story I saw that I wanted to touch on, and as a father, I believe that it's important. I believe steadfastly that representation matters in this world. Everyone wants to see some variation of how they see themselves represented in whatever aspect of media, whether it be a novel, a movie, or a television show. I know this for a fact because seeing someone like Julia on Sesame Street or Max on Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood helps people to understand autism. And understanding and awareness then creates acceptance. And for someone with a child on the autism spectrum, acceptance and understanding mean the absolute world to us. With that being said, this last week, Sesame Street introduced a brand new family to the neighborhood. The children's show has always had a way of helping kids understand different and complex issues that may not normally be addressed in their day-to-day lives. Throughout their run on PBS and HBO, they've introduced interracial couples, physically handicapped people, and most notably in recent years, a child with autism, a puppet who is homeless, and this last week, their first gay couple. In this particular episode, one of the human characters on the show said her brother and his family were coming to their family day celebration. 
Her brother Dave arrived with his husband Frank and their daughter Mia, making this the first gay married couple to grace the program in its long history. This is a milestone for the show and for children's television as a whole. Being a parent of a child on the spectrum and seeing kids watch shows with, where autism is being represented, it gives other children an understanding and an acceptance of what my son goes through on a day-to-day basis. Introducing this couple and their daughter will hopefully cause the same understanding and acceptance for our future generations. So that way, when something like this occurs again, it won't be news. It'll just be a new family being introduced to a program. With that being said, let's move into uh, Rob's dad moment of the week. And the dad moment of the week is just slightly different uh, than weeks past where I've talked about, and you could probably hear my dog in the background going nuts, but yeah, that it's what it is when it's recording. Um, but anyways, back to uh, Rob's dad moment for the week. And like I said, it's not really a moment because being it is the 4th of July and um, that type of holiday and the shenanigans that it brings, I, I want to touch on something that um, a lot of people love, including me. Um, don't get me wrong. I am a huge advocate for fireworks. I really do love it. I love the shows. I love the, the explosion in the air. It brings an, um, a type of awe and wonder that, you know, you only see a few times a year. But I truly like it when it's done safely and correctly. Uh, when it's done by professionals who know exactly what they're doing and actually put on a show and almost like a story for how they set off their displays. And today's moment is not so much as a moment, but as just a small reminder for everybody. When you go out and you buy your fireworks from... from... Uh, a vendor on the side of the road or south of the border, which was something that we had done in the past when I was a kid and whenever we were driving back and forth from Georgia to visit my dad's parents. Um, I, 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 I want people to be safe. But shooting off fireworks in densely populated areas, in areas where there are small children, uh, areas where there could be veterans because the sounds of fireworks can cause trauma for th- those you may not even know and may not even see. And you may not even know it when you're doing it to you. It's just a little bit of fun and having a good time. But to those who suffer with PTSD, it can bring them back to a very dark time and bring them to a point where th- things seem all too real again in a nightmare that is truly never ending for small children it's frightening and it causes them to wake up and be scared and need their parents for those who suffer with sensory disabilities it is true it is just a traumatic experience when you go somewhere to see a fireworks display you're expecting it so you're prepared when you're just shooting them off in the middle of a neighborhood or somewhere else in a populated area with other families and children and those who may not enjoy fireworks you can cause 
quite a lot of trauma and quite a few problems without ever knowing it. So if you plan on shooting off your own fireworks, I absolutely 100% say go for it. Have a good time. Um, be very careful. Be very safe. But try to remember and try to keep in mind who is around you, who your neighbors are, who lives in the same cul-de-sac or the same town or same like neighborhood that you live in. Take that into account before you do. This week, I thought it would be appropriate to bring someone on the show who has a unique view and take on fatherhood. Someone who has served in active duty in the United States military and still continues to serve as a civilian contractor to this very day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Navy veteran and my good friend and soon-to-be sort of brother-in-law, Mr. Rob Rocky. Rob, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. I've been looking forward to doing this for a long time, and you are absolutely going to be a brother-in-law. And I think you're you're selling yourself a little short because let me just point out, this is also the man who is officiating my wedding. Yes, I am. I am. I got to admit, I'm really, really excited about that because I've started writing. And most of all, I've started like investigating into uh, movie clips and uh, movie scripts that have weddings in them. And I'm going to like incorporate it and do like a little bingo card to see uh, if anyone gets bingo for the amount of movies that will be a part of my speech uh, during the officiating of your wedding. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. It's going to be a good time. So, so uh, to kick us off, uh, I got to ask, how does it feel to be the other Rob? <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny is growing up, my middle name being James, my mom always called me Jimmy because my dad named me and she wanted nothing to do with that name. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, at where I work at, I'm actually the second Jimmy. So it only makes sense that I'm the second Rob somewhere else. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying I've been around longer. I know you you are number one in Ashley's heart. I absolutely one one hundred percent understand that. But at the same time, I I was around first. You so have you have time one. served, and I and I will oblige. <laughs> okay, uh, we we just touched on it a little bit, so let's start there. Um, we we've talked a little bit about this before we started recording before the show um, about your relationship with your father, or rather non-relationship with your father <laughs> yep um, um uh, so literally just uh drug drug abuse uh alcoholism uh he cheated on my mom a lot and luckily they were never married um so she just went ahead and basically kicked him out when i was about four years old and didn't ever, ever hear from him at all the one thing I could, I could definitely say is, is with an absent father is it's really good when you have a, a or an absent parent at all when the parent you are with is very welcoming to, hey, do you want to contact your father? Hey, your father called. Do you want to talk to him? And always keeping that door open, not you know just yeah. bashing the other person. But I mean, considering what you went through in your younger years with your father, were you ever considered – keeping the door open for him or are you comfortable with just not having that type of relationship with him? So the only time I, I can actually recall him reaching out was coincidentally with him paying child support is when I turned 18, <laughs> but I was, um, 
I was stationed actually active duty at the weapon station in Yorktown. And I was, I would say 26, 27 years old. I'm 36 now, just for reference. Um, he, he reached out and just said he wanted to like reconnect and visit. And at that point, my wife at the time, and you know, we had, I had his grandkids essentially, uh, we did open that door and he came down for a weekend and you can kind of see, you know, the flaws, the character flaws that you, you, you don't want your kids to be around. He, he was clean at the time. And then the, the woman he was married to was an amazing woman and she'd keep in contact with me and he started abusing painkillers and getting into alcohol again. And then she, and she left him for her own sanity and it just became very clear that like a lot of like he would i was literally deploying one summer and he uh, he said about coming down to visit and i said like nobody's coming down to visit i don't have time and then it always became a poor pity he's like well i hope i'm alive you know to see my grandkids again i'm just like you know to stop with the sob story dude <laughs> So, That's on him. Yeah, man. yeah. You you had all the time in the world, and you want to dig dig up your demons again. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be tough. I mean, I mean, I dealt with naps and dad, but my dad had a better excuse. You know, cancer. He died. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's I, I've I've he's still alive. Um, so yeah. It's grateful. I, you know, it's kind of like your friends on Facebook and you kind of can see what someone else is doing, but you can do it from a distance, which I like. I gotcha. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to go out of my way to reach. I'm not going to go out of my way to reach. That's, that's for a parent to do. And as a parent too, like if my, my oldest, uh, uh, daughter, actually stepdaughter, she's 19. She lives with her mom up in Alexandria. I reach out to her, whether she's busy or not, if she doesn't have time, that's that's not for kids to find their parents. It's for parents to find their kids. That's that's honestly probably the best thing you could possibly say when it comes to an absentee parent. You need to make that time if you want to be in their life. I mean, it shouldn't be up to a child to reach out to their parents to try and make that connection. And honestly, just my opinion as a parent, a parent should want to have that connection with your child. That's just me. Absolutely. I mean, with your with the way your dad, uh, how your dad was and with the years of being absent, how did that shape your view of fatherhood? My mom was a complete hard ass, um, worked, worked two jobs and spoiled me rotten as an only child. So I, I am, I am the ideal only child and Ashley will tell you everything. I, I do what I want. I get what I want. But she also instilled that you have to work for what you want. Like it doesn't, it doesn't come free, which I now more than anything appreciate. I hated it back then when I didn't get everything I wanted just for free. But I had, I had a lot of friends and their fathers became my male role models. And actually um, the local grocery store, when I was eight years old, they're one of the bag boys. He was 19 years old. Now as creepy as this sounds, I was I was big into wrestling back then. I was, I've always been into sports. When my mom was shopping, I'd go hang out with him and we'd go talk wrestling and sports. And then after about four or five months, wrestling event came to the local, uh, which was Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, it wasn't too far away. And I've never been to one. He never been to one. And he asked my mom if he could take me. 
And, you know, my mom being the uber protective person she was too, she's like, sure, but I'm coming too. Because <laughs> this is the first time I ever hung out with the guy. And it's kind of yeah. weird, like a 19-year-old wanting to hang out with an 8-year-old. I get it now, especially. But uh, we all went. And, like, from that day forward, and even still, he's one of my groomsmen. Um, yeah. Well over, you know, almost going on 30 years of knowing this guy. He's been, like, a big brother slash father figure. So there's always been father figures to get advice from if, if there was any of that avenue. But, I mean, I, I really believe – Especially now, I mean, yes, I have a fiance, but even as a single parent, I've been a single parent and I've had custody of my my kids that uh, you you can do it alone. It sucks, but you need to when you are doing it alone, you need to find those avenues where your kids can find a healthy role model of the opposite sex. It's good to have it, it is good to have, but it. When I ever, whenever time I ever hear those excuses, like "Oh, well, I'm a single parent," like I don't, I don't care. Like you're, you're not the only one from a broken home. People don't flaunt it on Facebook, but everyone has issues at home. <laughs> Absolutely. So to deviate a little bit from uh, dad talk, yeah. Uh, what being someone who grew up in Pennsylvania, not necessarily near water. <laughs> what what made you want to join the navy well um my ex-wife we we worked together at uh, toys r us i was 16 she was 17 she was uh five months pregnant when i met her and oddly enough the uh the father actually uh came out as gay and left her <laughs> so the running joke was the, the running joke was is like i hope we never break up because i'm next i guess Luckily, I guess it didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, no, we, we, we dated for a while. And uh, like we were dating for about five months. And she gave birth to who I call my daughter. Because I've been there since day one. I was there when she was delivered. And we, 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 ended, up, we ended up being together for a total of 17 years. So that, that's, that's my girl. That's my baby girl. No one's going to tell me otherwise. So from there, it was graduate i actually i actually failed my senior year in high school because my uh, ex-wife had her own place because she graduated early so she had her own apartment so i was over there all the time and i had nobody who you know no authority to wake me up and tell me to go to school i skipped school all the time so i just I ended up doing a second senior year to, thanks to my own stupidity but it came and it came down to is like you're in a serious relationship you have a kid um, your grades are average at best because of the way you performed. And what are you going to do? How, how are you going to, you know, support yourself and possibly a family? So my grandfather was, uh, was in the Navy and I, honest to God, I found a, I, I was always very good with computers. I found a newspaper ad for computer repair. I called it and it was a Navy recruiter. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you con artists. I was like, all right, yeah, what the hell? Where do I sign? <laughs> ended up ended Ooh, up in by accident, but at the same time, if I were to ever join, I was the guy in high school who like saw the recruiters at school and was like, "There's no way I'm ever joining the military. Get out of here." <laughs> Honestly, military is not a bad life. No, not at yeah. all. Not at all. I mean, how long were you in for? I did a I did a total of nine years. Uh, medically retired. And now as a government contractor, I do the exact same job I did when I was in. It's just people actually listen to me. And the difference being that the, the military 
as long as they don't have to pay your health care, they don't care what's wrong with you. <laughs> well, there you go. So, so you worked with computers when you were yeah, in I was, Navy? Yeah, I, I was in IT, um, which is the, there's, there's two sides to it. You either do the computer and networking side or you do the communication side. I was strictly the communication side, which, again, mm-hmm. I, since I signed up, I was like, well, I'll go work with computers. And then I was in school seven weeks in in a 14-week course, and our instructor's like, oh, next week we start RF. I'm like, are radio frequencies? We, what, why are we doing that? And, and then that was the part of the job I ended up being like really good at and ended up loving. So that, that been doing well, it since now. Yeah, it was by far the best decision I've ever made. Nice. I, I got to agree uh, because I was uh, did four years Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – when you said IT, I was like, I know what that is. I know what school with those guys. <laughs> those nerds. Those nerds who actually wanted to learn about computers. <laughs> ah, I, I wanted to – actually, I just sat behind the desk. I, I, if it wasn't for ITs, I wouldn't have been able to do my job. So, yeah. like, I did – like, did you get – you got underway a lot, didn't you? Or I, I actually – I think in a nine-year span, I did not get underway a lot. I did one full yeah. – I did one full six-month deployment – and six months now, by nowadays standards is not that long. I did a three-month home port change. I was stationed on the USS Carl Vinson, and they were in, stationed in Newport News getting their reactor refueled. It's a three- to four-year process. But their home yeah. port was San Diego, so we went down, like when it was time to go home, they went down around South America back to San Diego. And then I did a West Pacific uh, deployment with them, and literally on the way back home is when I transferred. So I flew from the Philippines and flew back home and transferred to the weapon station in Yorktown. Nice. So what caused you to be medically retired? If you don't mind me, no, I, I was, uh, what's called a loft. So I was on a aircraft carrier. So on the upper yard arm, all the way up top of the ship, a couple hundred feet up working on, uh, antenna maintenance it was for an emergency because usually you don't try to do that stuff when you're out at sea when you're underway and yeah. especially during flight operations so one thing that happens is is you have there's there's jet blast deflectors that are that they raise behind the jet so you know it's not blowing people across the flight deck well that blast gets blown up to where we were oh, so God. so I, we were ready for that but then we took a bad turn and i kind of and i kind of like fell over and we the they're very narrow pathways that you can walk on, but there's about six inches up. There's railings that you tie yourself off to, so if you fall, you're safe. Well, I fell, and I didn't fall over, but my lower back went across that bar. And for about two years, the Navy told me it's just a pulled muscle. It's just a pulled muscle. And then when I finally That's got so them much. to do an yeah, when I finally got them to do an MRI. They, they looked at it and they're like, yeah, your two discs are completely blown out. The doc, like at the time I was like 28. No, actually, no, I was like 26. And the doctor's like, you have the back of a 70 year old right now. I was like, oh, Damn. so I I, I I tried to stay in. But unfortunately, like when they started downsizing, they started downsizing the Navy and starting in like 2011, yeah. they basically gave me the ultimatum uh, come 2013, uh, end of 2012. They're like, you could either stay in and sit behind a desk and you're not going to really do anything. You can't really get promoted and finish in like the last 10 years of your career. 
or we can retire you. And I was just like, when you say retire, that means get paid, right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, where do I sign? That's why I was here. <laughs> <laughs> then let's retire. Yeah. Hooray. And then, and, then I, and then after that, life got really crappy because the government wasn't hiring. It took me three years to get into yeah. my job now that I, that, I was, that I always wanted even while I was in. So, hey, now you're a civilian contractor, still yeah. working with the Navy. You, you get to still go underway, though, yes. with the Navy. So, so say, so say, like, I'm responsible for a ship. I'm responsible right now for the Gerald R. Ford, which is not a real warship right now. That's, let's be honest, it's more likely to be a museum that thing has so many problems. That thing is so <laughs> far behind. Not my fault. But anyway, essentially, say, like, if they were getting ready to go on deployment, they were going to be gone for eight months. Well, me and one other person who's attached to them, we'll just look at that schedule and be like, okay, do you want the first like three to four months and I'll take the other half or how do we want to break this up? <laughs> so we kind of pick and choose our, uh, our sea time now, which is nice. Like they, like they just something you can't do when you're exactly actually active duty. Like, like right now they're actually out to sea and I'm not on board there because I have wedding stuff to take care of. Exactly. You have important things to yeah. do. But to be honest, like I said, I was, they're 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 not a real warship right now, so they have no yeah. no need for us. I was gonna say, with this being this close to the wedding, if you were underway, I think Ashley would kill you. No, Ashley. I so it was funny as I was gonna go underway, and I, I and I emailed Ashley from being out at sea, and uh, I said, uh, so I might go on these couple extra underways for the little extra money to go towards the wedding. And she messaged me back, and this is, what, this is why I knew that marrying her was the best decision. She goes, I don't care when you come back. Just be back for the wedding. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love this woman. You could just be rolling in as soon as, if like yeah. an hour before the wedding starts. As long as you're there, that's what matters. Yep. I'm like, oh, she, she's nice. so, so, well, to her credit, like I said, she the first time she ever dealt with me out at sea, and she had my son, who's uh, who was 14 at the time, is last year when the COVID shutdown started is I was only supposed to be gone for two and a half months and I was gone for five. I was going to say you were gone for a long time. Cause I remember Ashley saying like, he's, he's, it's going to be like another couple weeks. And I was like, that sucks. Yeah. I like, I tried to, is he coming back? Are you sure he's coming back? Dad just went for cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He went for cigarettes on the boat. Uh, So how did the Navy shape you into being a father? What, like you had a, at that point you had for let's lack of better way of saying it. It was your daughter. Yep. I had one kid. So you had one kid at the time when you actually joined up. Uh, when did your son come around and how did that kind of shape you into? So I joined when I, so I was joined when I was 19 and uh, I had my, and we had uh, my son when I was 21 I believe, so 20 or 21. I was I was not in long, but I was on shore duty, so it was not had to worry about deploying. So it was a good time to have another one. Um, and then sure enough, after after him, I went ahead and got snipped. Although there's a third one, which uh, we'll have some fun with some drama story from that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Although I I. Ashley told Caitlin and Caitlin told me and I was yeah. like, Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> but uh we'll get into that later yeah. though. But but the one thing and I and I think all branches of the military do it is I like I was a I was a kid who did a second senior year due to skipping school. So 
clearly had some growing up to do. But when you putting when you get put in a dad role, I th- and I think a l- it happens to a lot of men. If you like legit care about the child, not even necessarily the significant other, when you care about the child, you, you like instantly grow up. Like I can I can recall I I, I didn't go party anymore ever. If anything, we may have like hosted small get-togethers, family friendly at her apartment. But the the one thing like being in that position helped me there. Joining the military then gave me the structure to be a a proper functioning adult. <laughs> so, yeah. So like hands down, that's that is why I say it was the best decision. Not even shaping my career or anything like that. It made me into what I would consider a respectable human being because without all those life experiences that revolve around being in a dad role. I, I dread to even think about what I would have became like the, the, yeah. the running theme was always uh, a lot of my mom's side of the family was saying like, Oh, you know, he's going to just turn into his father. He's just going to turn to his father, which, you know, you, you kind of, if you're, if you can use it as motivation and hold that to your chest, like, you know what, I'm going to show you what I'll become. And that I did the that. hell. No, I'm yeah, not exactly. Which I use that a lot, but at the same time, you just you kind of wonder to yourself. It's like, wow, like I really didn't have my shit together. What would have happened if I didn't, you know, make those correct decisions, or I kept following the path that I was on? Like, I luckily I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't. I, I think actually no. I did. <laughs> Unfortunately, when uh, we had like those parties, I did drink a little. Never did. Have never done any drugs in my life. Never smoked. So, like, I always had my stuff together because I was always afraid of turning into that. Yeah. I mean, that's a strong motivator and it's a strong fear. Oh yeah. Fear, fear can do a lot. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I could tell stories, but I, at the same time, I, it took me a long time to learn lessons like that and military tried. (laughs) Sometimes it didn't take it. It it took Mary and Caitlin for a lot of that to be buried into my head. So that, that, that family role, just that, that is a quick change. It, It, it changes. It can change you for the good. I think so much. Now, I'm not absolutely. I think that's a big thing with fatherhood. Father being a dad will change. If if you want to be the type of parent that you've always pictured yourself to be, or like say you actually want to be a parent, I mean, becoming one, it it'll snap that man. Like you'll realize that you want to be a better person for that kid that you have. And you had, uh, like I said, like we said, uh, your daughter at this point, and then your son uh, came along. I mean, having, I, I, I don't have a daughter. <laughs> I, I only have my one son. Um, but like, what was the big difference between raising a daughter and raising a son at the time? Cause I know you and your wife split um, or ex-wife, I should say uh, split up, but we'll, touch more on that in a little bit. Um, but what was like that, like as far as like going from raising a daughter at that young age to then having a son. So my daughter, Valerie, the problem with raising her is it was too easy. Like she was such a great baby, just everything lovable, you know, listen, she was always very mature for her age. And, even I think she's, she still is like, even at 19 has no interest in boys. She focuses on her art. She focuses on school. That's all she's ever cared about that. And whatever's on Netflix and Spotify. 
Like I, I couldn't ask for anything better. And then my son, who, like I said, he's he is my mini me, and that is he is the sole reason I got a vasectomy. I love that boy to death, but he act he he acts so much like me. The problem is, is he's smarter than I was. He's oh. and he's better. He's better at his BS than I was. Like the boy could keep me wrapped around his finger, and like I, I he was well disciplined. All of all of our kids was. I was always the disciplinarian in in, in the school. I mean, in the household and in school now. Like he's he's he is a C student. He is diagnosed with ADHD as I was. the The problem is is just when he commits to something, he is so good at it. Like perfect example is one of the hobbies me and him, uh, he got me into there's and you even know about his playing Pokemon, the card game. Oh yeah. So he just decided he wanted to do it one day and we started. And then his first year he qualified for world championship, never even playing before, but, um, and, but yet he's going to go to school and just not turn in like schoolwork and stuff like that. He's never failed a class, which in this house he will never be allowed to. And Ashley does a, an amazing <laughs> job when I'm not around to make sure that doesn't happen. But the one thing with boys is it's just they're they're so they're wild. They're freaking wild because especially as a dad too, you probably see a lot of yourself in Bobby. Even even with you know Bobby being you know like special needs, I know it's probably a much different scenario. But you can see that like you know what I used to. My parents would tell me oh, stories yeah. of the stuff I used to do. I see, and he does the same crap. Like Bobby's got the same mischievous streak that I had when I was younger. Yeah, so he just looks so sweet. I, he, I, does it. he does. He really <laughs> does. And you know what? He'll smile at you the entire time. Yep. Like uh. He's been getting into like tearing books now, and that drives me insane. <laughs> it's it's not even like he he doesn't tear the pages; it's just the covers. <laughs> I don't know what it's, what it's about, but he just like tears it, and then you go like, "Bobby, what are you doing?" And he just looks at me and smiles. There's like, <laughs> <laughs> like when I say that, I mean don't do that anymore. Yeah. But uh, it's it's I could see I definitely what you're talking about, with but. That. Absolutely, but I, I do. I, I honestly, though, believe after raising both is um, the teenage years with boys, especially as a dad, are so much more fun than the teenage teenage years with girls. So yeah. the teenage years with girls are still full of, you know, just pu- like for female side puberty and all like all the headaches that come with the emotions and stuff like that. Like you think handling your significant other's emotions sometimes are a pain in the ass. Wait until you have a pint size one that you can't like actually unleash adult terror on <laughs> because they, because they legit can't help it. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I honestly being that when we were doing the, uh, the ultrasound to find out the sex of our baby, um. Oh my goodness! How long ago was that? Now Bobby would be seven, and so it was a little over seven years ago. And like you could see that it was a boy, and I was just like high fiving people because I was terrified of having a girl. I was like, I'm either going to be wrapped around her finger, or I'm just going to be like the dad who takes it way above board when it comes to, especially when she became a teenager. 
So and you'll you'll do um, so you'll do both of those because um, my daughter did have me wrapped around my finger all the way through, and then the very first boyfriend that she had, I then became that where I pulled him aside, and it was her 16th birthday party, and I pointed to all my friends around the room. I was like, "He's a Hampton sheriff. He's actually a semi-pro bodybuilder." And he's just freaking crazy. And I literally told him, I was like, if I need you gone, I have plenty of ways to make it happen. But I don't <laughs> think I'm going to ever have that problem with you. Because he was a nice kid. And then literally yeah. two days later, she dumped him. And I was just like, I hope I didn't cause that. <laughs> but she's just like, no. Like, I... <laughs> Whoops. So, so you had the your daughter, your son. And then a third kid came along. Yeah. So, and this is where uh, our episode will get a little more interesting as far as chaos of, but also it, it, it will be good because you can help others who may be in a similar situation or a struggle um, see the situation they're in yeah. because uh you had a third child, a boy, if I'm not mistaken. And how old is he now? He's, uh, he will be, uh, crap. We gotta, gotta do math now. He will be seven. He will be seven in September. Okay. Okay. And you found out recently though, you were led to believe for the longest time by your ex that um, he was biologically yours, but found out recently that is not the case. So, so no, we we knew from the get go he was not biologically mine because of oh, me being okay. sick. So, so I'll 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 give I'll give you the whole story because there's 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 ways that this goes around. It's not like it's spread inaccurately or anything like that. Um, so this was in I say twenty end of 2013 beginning of 2014 um their old retailer hh H. H. greg now bankrupt that i was working there actually as a store manager as an electronics manager and i was at the location in virginia beach and my ex-wife she we always like we had a boy and a girl we were always happy with that so that's why i went ahead and, and you know got snipped and there was never any pushback from her on that and she, in fact with the military no, they still have to say at the time they still have to say okay that I'm okay with my spouse getting snipped. So I yeah. so I went ahead and did it, and then you know we're we're both approaching thirty, and she, like for a couple of months, it's probably about like two three months. She was so persistent that she wanted another one, and I was just like <sighs> like. I'm working at a freaking store. I'm making less than what I did. We're, to be honest, we were on the verge of bankruptcy, which we ended up doing a chapter 13 bankruptcy. And we were like, things were not, I, I'm not going to bring a kid into this life that I can't give them the life that they deserve or it's just not fair. Yeah. So, so she was so persistent on it. And so I was like, well, let's look at the cost. Cause I'm not getting the vasectomy like reversed because that was super expensive to get extracted from me and implanted in her was also super expensive. The cheap option was just use a sample that's already been provided and just inseminate her. That was just a couple hundred bucks. 
And I, I said to her, I was like, I don't care if biologically mine, I'll love the kid either way. Yeah. So here's where the first red flag happened is she tells me she's going to the doctor for her first visit. And they just went ahead and, and she told me they just went ahead and inseminated her there. And then I'm like, there's, 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 there's prep work and stuff for this. So that was the first red flag, but, and I'm not trying to like boost my ego here, but at the same time, it's like, you're in love. You, you, you don't want to, you don't want to think those things, especially when at the time we were, Oh God, we were married going on about 10 years at the time. And there was never any doubt at any, at any point. So things just go downhill over the time. You know, Wyatt, the youngest one who's born by far the best behaved out of all three of the children. So I'm ecstatic. That, that boy is such an angel. Um, so we go, we, we go through and go start like the separation. Cause it's just not working out between the two of us. Just, we're just two completely different people. And, yeah. and then, um, in probably the most sleaziest, I think moves that anyone ever did as working my job that I'm working now. Um, I was actually in the Arabian Gulf and she kept asking, she's like, when are you getting back? my ex-wife when are you getting back and she thought i was getting back like end of may and i was like no this will probably be like mid-april end of april why oh no reason no reason well i come to find out her and her new boyfriend they were moving to alexandria and she wanted to grab the kids and go before i got home because she didn't want it to be awkward i'm like no awkward is you running away with someone's kids and not telling them that's awkward so at that awkward point, is coming home and no one being there. Exactly. Especially since, mind you, we both own the house. So like, yeah. we're, 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 we should be equally responsible. But aside from all that, I I made enough. I took care of that. I, I paid for the bankruptcy. But what I did at that point was, is like, I'm, there's a lot of psychology that goes in my line of work. Like, there's a lot of re, um like uh, messages and stuff like that. Like you have to decipher um, com- uh, communications from say other nations, even like, you have to decipher like yeah. things. Like so there's also human psychology involved with it. So my, my mindset for the last three years was just start taking notes of everything that happens, be completely cool with it, you know, play nice because my ex-wife is this type that, if she does something, especially if, if she does something wrong to somebody, she is definitely ready for the pushback. Like the world, like it, someone has to be out to get her if she's done them wrong. So my mindset was, is like, well, I'm not going to do anything wrong because one, if this is going to be a mental battle, I'm going to win this. And two, it does nothing positive for kids when the parents are just at each other's throats. Yeah. So she moved, she moved up North. And then my middle son, uh, Derek, who's now 15, he was 13, I think at the time he, uh, he wanted to, she, he actually, he stayed with me because there was still a month and a half left of school. And my daughter is a straight A student. They, the the school said, yeah, she's good. They'll, they'll, they'll pass her. No problem. He stayed with me because he was like a C student. He needs to finish. So like, cool, finish. And then he'll go live with mom. Well, after that month, you know, just me and him, he said to his mom that, oh, he, that he wanted to stay in 
permanently with me. And that then turned into my ex-wife telling his big sister that, you know, I'm stealing her brother away and I brainwashed him and all this other stuff. So we were on like a big like conference call and getting tired of the finger pointing me. I put my foot down and just said, look, what's going to happen then is, as I said to Derek, I was like, Derek, you're going to go live with your mom for a year when the school year is done. You can make your decision based off that. You can do a full school year up there, whatever you want to do then, we're all going to support it. And I like asked the, the girls, I'm like, is that is that good? They're like, yep, cool. And then the school year happened, took him up to his mom. Five weeks later, she's calling me. She's like, he needs to come live with you. I was just like, okay, when do I pick him up? And he's been, and he's been with me since. That was uh, the summer of 2019. So he... It's been the, the dynamic duo, the two of us. So getting back to, yeah. you know, don't mean to deviate necessarily from the Wyatt. So again, playing nice, she starts to crack. And um, she started asking me, her, her, her fiance now, which mind you, is a guy I was stationed at with my first command who used to be a good friend of mine. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> here's my thing, though. Is, Not so much anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was very angry at the time. But the problem is now is he's the most stable thing that those kids have there. Yeah. So she, his name's John. She asked me, she's like, will you sign your rights away for Wyatt? And I was like, no. He's like, I, I helped raise him. That's my boy. That's my buddy. And she kept very, getting very persistent about it. And then she finally made the comment. She's like, well, you know, like, you, you know, he's, 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 she made the comment saying it was actually, her former best friend's husband kid. Yeah. Her best friend's husband's kid. And so at that point I'm like, okay, she's breaking down. But the thing is, is she will BS to get her way and, and, yeah. and try to start stuff. Cause she wasn't happy that I went over to their house. That Ashley and I went over to their house for a Memorial day cookout. Mind you, she doesn't even, she didn't reach out to him ever, ever. After she moved, she cut off all ties with everybody. So I told her, yeah. I was like, so why are you like, why are you mad that it with your friend? Whatever. It's it's almost a like high school stuff. So I figured she was just trying to rip a tear between us and them. So I told her, I was like, look, it's like you get a paternity test and, and, and tell me who Wyatt's dad is, and I'll give you what you want. And then she kept saying over and over again, she's like, you know, it, it's 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 his baby. It's his baby. I'm telling you. And I kept and I hit up his wife. And I was like, you realize she keeps saying that it's his. Well, she called me back like two hours later. She's like, yeah, he just confessed to everything. They were there. They, they were sleeping together for like five years. Off and on. And I was like, oh, so I hit up my ex-wife. I said, oh, so you, you had an affair. You were cheating. She's like, well, she's like, not, not, she's like, not exactly. I was, I, 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 I didn't have a choice in it. I was like, oh, so he raped you. And then she's like, well, no, it's not that simple. I was like, no, 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 there's no, there's no gray area to this. Either you did it consensually or he raped you. Like, there's there's no gray area here. So either, like, I just had Memorial Day cookout with your rapist and you're somehow mad that I'm hanging out with them. <laughs> or or this is just a consensual relationship that you're now admitting to. And then, sure enough, like, she got all the emails, the texts and stuff between them. And she sent them to me. And then I finally hit up my ex-wife. And I was like, what? And 
when I said about it, she's like blew it off again. Like I was full of crap. And I started reading the actual text from the emails. She's like, gave you one of those like laughing, like what? Oh my God. And she, even, she even on camera looked at her fiance and she was just like, he's smarter than I thought. I just said, no, I'm just not as dumb as you. There's a difference. <laughs> so yeah, sure enough. Then that was all the ammo I needed. Went and got myself a lawyer, collected some back child support. She should have been paying. Because she even collected money yeah. from me. Because when she had when she had Wyatt and she went up there, I made more than her. She's a she's a nurse up there. And when uh, she like had it, was, I I did the calculator on the state website. I should have been paying her three hundred dollars a month for Wyatt, even though I had one kid. Right. She had one kid. Valor was over the age of eighteen, so we couldn't include her. So I yeah. I sent her that money, and she took it willingly. So, so it, then we, we, we actually just finally settled, which is nice. And uh, it turned into, I, like I told her, I was like, look, I'm going to do you a favor. I was like, either like our old separation agreement, you said we had these kids and that's a court document. I said, so either you can, you know, do the right thing that the state says you should do, or we can go to a courtroom and you can explain to a judge why you committed perjury and fraud. <laughs> so yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure enough. She made the first smart decision. <laughs> So, but yeah, so uh, to even elaborate on that, like knowing everything that I know now, like Wyatt is not my son. And, and I can say that, like I helped, I helped raise him, but if that boy ever needed anything or, and I try to reach out and talk to him whenever she'll let me like that, it is not like it's it, it the first thing i had to check myself was is it is in no way his fault he didn't ask for any of that and i think a lot of times especially in an affair and you see and you see it too is like with like step kids they're like oh that's not my kid it would get the hell away from me like or and, they'll, and they'll treat them differently but at the same time like these these kids don't ask for that they, they like yeah. and and he's and he's still what kills me he's none the wiser I think to the situation because he still he'll still call me his nickname for me is Peepaw, and the kids started calling me that to make me feel even older, well, bastards. And and that, and that's still from like this from day one is what he's always called me. So and he still does with everything being out there. So I know she hasn't properly explained to him, but that's also that's not for me to like. No, that, that's, that's not your. Yeah, that's going to be for her to explain why mommy went slumming and how he, and, and who his real dad is. Yeah, I mean, but you're you're a fairly smart guy. I mean, I've we've hung out several times over the last couple of years, and I've it's easy to recognize uh, the kind of person you are and the actual moral compass that you have. I mean, when at me and me and uh, Rob's. Uh, fiance Ashley have been friends for uh, probably maybe a little bit less time than I've known my wife and I've known my wife for 13 years now. And I, when we, when we first heard about you, like I was just like, this guy sounds all right. He likes music. He's in the music. He likes hockey, except I think he's a penguins fan. So maybe, yep. <laughs> uh, but, um, but I, I think the biggest thing was like we had heard so much, so many great things about you. We were like, all right, well, we knew she's been burned a little bit in the past. And um, 
we, we got to meet this guy because we're like her parents. We, we have to give our final approval of this guy. That's exactly I think how she we explained act- it. <laughs> <laughs> she said, she, I, uh, I told her, I told her, I said, I have friends who have to approve. And she's like, oh yeah, we'll wait until you meet Caitlin and Rob because that's who you have to get through. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, it, honestly, we're pretty easy. We're nice yeah, people. Just absolutely. Know, don't be a jerk. <laughs> so, but I remember she brought you over uh, for Super Bowl Sunday. And we just got to talking and, yeah. and I, we've talked a lot over the last couple of years. But I, at that point, uh, a, a lot of what we knew about you is that uh, you were either in the divorce process or had already been divorced. And um, you had a son or a son that lived with you because we didn't know a lot about about you back then. But what was that like? I mean, having a teenager is... I, I don't know because I'm not there yet, uh, but I, I'm assuming there's got to be some difficulties there. So what was that like even before you met Ashley, like post, uh, like after you said that uh, your son lived with your ex for about five weeks and it was like split, got to get back to dad's. Yeah. Um, what was that like in that time from when he came back to now having a new family dynamic. It was just the two of you. So the one thing that I've noticed with teenagers is, so we went, so we previously lived in Hampton and my son even still is super shy. He, he's, he's very shy. He doesn't like, he doesn't, he has no problem interacting. Like with say like with you, like you've, you've, you've seen him. He's very like head down in his phone, very it, quiet. It did take a little bit for Derek to come out of his shell around. Yeah, us, so. but once he once he does, he'll cut up with you. Like like, he, getting yeah. him to shut up is the impossible part. But uh, yeah, so the one thing that I've noticed is when it was first when it first became me and him is he was a kid in Hampton City Schools. You know, he just put his head down, tried to stay out of you know ticking somebody off and getting in a fight at school because there was fights all the time, which is why we moved to the Great Bridge area of Chesapeake to just get him in a better school. As soon as he became, as soon as he started living with me, I was like, we're getting you into a better school first. So as soon as we moved down here and so it was, and, and because of like that mentality too, like he even told me like his closest friends right now said that they befriended him at his new school because he seemed like a school shooter and they wanted to be safe. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a joke, but if like he didn't dress that he didn't like dress like very like emo or gothic or any or anything like a depressed kid, this kid would wear a freaking Gengar Pokemon hat with all of his championship pins on it, uh, a, just a plain t-shirt and sweatpants and just regular shoes. Like didn't have a care in the world. He was he was he was very much a kid. And then the when I think puberty and everything really hits these boys like they evolve instantly into almost like adulthood. So like you've seen like you know you didn't get to see him like that. What you see now is like now we're talking this boy will not leave the house in like designer jeans, designer shoes, and the boy has probably about two thousand dollars in retro Jordans. So do I do I enable that? Yes, I do. But he also has to like work for it. He does things around the house. He earns money, and you know his and when his grades are on point, like he gets he gets paid for that. And of course, there's things like birthdays and Christmas and stuff like that. And yeah, I am yeah. trying to cover my tracks in the sense of uh, not freaking uh, spoiling them rotten, which I do. I can't lie. 
But at the same yeah. time, like now he's he's full, he's almost like a full on like adult now. It just, it just happened overnight. The the perfect example of it is when I left for that and I got stuck overseas for five months. When I left, he was five foot two. I remember this. He was five foot two. Weight wise, I don't necessarily say he's he's a he's a stocky kid. He's a stocky. He's yeah. not he's not he's not husky at all. But he's definitely not like overly skinny. He was like five foot two, somewhat of a like squeaky, like he has some of a squeaky voice. And then when Ashley came and picked me up in the parking lot, I see this five foot seven man voice coming out here. He's like, hey, what's up, dad? I'm like, who the hell is this grown ass man? And do I owe him money the way he's rolling up on me? Holy crap. <laughs> it's like, just kill me. It's just like they sprout up. And like, I, I, he, there's always bits and pieces like that, like, this weekend, this past weekend, Ashley went up to Charlottesville to spend the weekend with her cousin. And like, I asked him, I was like, well, what do you want to do? He's like, let's go to, let's go to King's dominion. I was like, okay. And then as soon as we get to King's dominion, it's just, you see that little kid come back out. You, you, yeah. see, you see like, it's okay to show emotion. It's okay to be lively. And, and I, you know, it's there. And that's, and I think that's when like, I've always I've always tried to check myself as like, are you spoiling him in the sense of that like he's losing the the core values that, of being a kid and just that that mentality of you know it's all it should be just about having fun and growing up and creating memories, and then when you do things like that and then you see that it's like okay it's still there, he has this hard shy outer shell now, but that's always like the comfort I look for to just know that I, I to be, for me to believe that I'm doing it the right way still. Cause being 15 years old, like I don't start thinking about what you want to do when you grow up. Cool. But like at some point you're it, like, it's already, it's already happening where you're too cool to hang out with dad now. <laughs> I gotcha. I, I gotta be honest, man. If I'm half the dad, you are. Oh, with how you, what you've done with your, I, I, I'd be, I would consider that a success. Well, I, I see the raise, the way you interact with Derek and the way you've raised him, and honestly, dude, he's a, he's a great kid. Yeah, that so. is, that is by far like I think the biggest kudos I could ever get because I've told Ashley so many times. It's, it's this actually came up last week that I said about um, you and Caitlin. I said. I don't know how I could ever be a special needs parent because me personally, I am, I am a very selfish person. I, I, I'm now at the point now where it's like my son's grown. I have this freedom away from a very controlling individual that used to be. And Ashley gives me way too much free roam. I think (laughs) like, (laughs) like, like she always comes home for lunch. And today, like I messaged her today. I was like, uh, my my friend got off early for uh, my friend got off uh, early from work. I'm gonna go play golf. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. All right, that's fine. Yeah, but uh, like, as long as everything's taken care of, like she doesn't care. But like, to how much focus I think you have to have, like, like you and Caitlin have to have, and just the way you see is still like Bobby evolve and this. He's so happy all the time, dude. Like, I don't, I don't. You guys, you guys are miracle workers, and I admire the hell. Honestly, out of you man, all. it's. It, it, it is it's a different path you have to walk but seeing the love you have for Derek and just hearing you talk about Valerie and Wyatt I mean mm. if you were ever in that situation I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that you would thrive 100% guaranteed I, I like I like to think this is kind of how 
I got thrown. You get thrown in. How you get thrown into the dad situation that you you will adapt. Yeah, you, you, you do adapt if you really want to. I should say exactly because you, you have to and want it. I think we're going to call this an episode. Uh, I've, I've, this is not going to be the last time Rob's going to be facing <laughs> the presence. He will be back. I, I can absolutely guarantee that. Rob, I truly appreciate you coming on, you sharing your experiences and your stories and showing the kind of courage that you have in your life to make the changes that you've needed to make and to turn it into a life that just as a spectator from this side is something to be truly, truly proud of, especially the way you're raising your kid. Yeah. I, I, so that, that is, uh, that, that means probably a lot more than you can imagine. I really appreciate that, buddy. And I said, I can't, I can't wait to hear all the, the movie references at our wedding. Oh, you, you just wait, you wait, sir. <laughs> all right. Uh, next week will be a go ask your father special. I'm actually really excited about this. Uh, we'll be bringing back some familiar faces to help me uh, tackle a discussion episode where we will talk about the role of fatherhood that takes place in a galaxy far, far away. Until then. Bobby, say bye-bye. Bye-bye.